Okay, ladies and gents, welcome back to the channel today. Uh, this video that we're going to cover today, I'm actually going to bring in a lot of different things we're going to be talking about. Just look at the shared screen here. Everything from these exercises, these simulations that are being done now by the Federal Reserve and all the major banks. We talked about this last year and it's finally happened. I thought I was being crazy with some of these you know, theories at times, but now they're talking about these simulations. They're about to uh, begin. They're, they're planning these simulations now. We have some notes on the ESG mandates and what these are going to do to influence banking, how this will affect you, how, how it will affect your banking, your jobs, your companies that you work within. We're going to look at what the UN, the United Nations, have done this week and told the central banks, predominantly the Federal Reserve, how they should do their monetary policy. The United Nations, a non-political private organization, Okay, so let's begin then with what happened last week. We obviously talked about how the UK economy almost collapsed pretty much because of the pension funds. Everyone thought their pension funds, you know, all this money that people had been paying in for years and years, that the pension funds had that money. They were investing into bonds and treasuries and gilts and very safe stocks and things like that. So it came as a shock last week. And again, the media didn't really cover it properly as to what happened, but it came as a shock when the uh, institution that looked after the pension funds, we know who, did a margin call on them, wiped out huge amounts of value in those funds as the, the pension funds had to sell down those bonds. Some of them went down by 50%. Bank of England had to step in, bought up a load, a load of those bonds. So we know what happened there. It's put a huge amount of pressure now on the funds and a lot of people that were sort of like this before around their pensions are now starting to write in and request that their pension be removed as a lump sum. And the crazy thing is some of these funds have a six month leeway. So if you apply for it now, I've been hearing this and reading all the comments this week. Some of them say it's going to be three months and then we'll review it. Others say it's six months, uh, but it's not guaranteed you will be able to liquidate your pension. So we have all of this stuff going on. People didn't realize just how highly leveraged these pension funds were. They were borrowing money. They were operating on margin. It really is just a crazy situation. And for anyone that thinks this is just isolated to the UK, absolutely not. This applies to other countries as well. Your pension, if you have a pension, you definitely want to look into that, start asking some questions about just how leveraged they are on those assets. We've also had, and again, I'm not going to get into it because it's been covered to death um, over the last week on YouTube, and that was the Credit Suisse, the Deutsche Bank, uh, crises as well. So this is now happening in lots of different, I think it's seven or eight different countries now where these banking crises have been announced. So we're definitely going to jump into all of that. And just remember, for those of you who have a lot of money in the bank, I've covered this a lot of time about bail-in law and everything else around that. I'm not going to go into that today. But just remember, if you've got a lot of money in the bank and you're worried about that bank or you've got so much in there that's above and beyond your insurance program with the bank, Ask yourself this question, does my bank make business loans? Do they make mortgage loans? Do they make unsecured loans? If the answer is yes, then there's obviously a, a very large amount of risk there. So you've just got to be aware of that. There are a lot of risks at the moment with 
banks. And that's why you shouldn't keep all of your money in just one single bank account. But let's get onto the shared screen then. Let's go over these articles today. The first one then is how major US banks will participate in a climate scenario exercise. The exercise will kick off the Fed. So this is the Federal Reserve's effort to gauge the level and management of risk for banks when it comes to climate change. Now, when I first heard this, I thought, what? what risk could a bank possibly have with a changing climate? It didn't make any sense to me. But as I've thought about this a little more, some ideas have come to mind. The Federal Reserve announced Thursday that six of the nation's largest banks would participate in a pilot climate scenario analysis exercise in 2023. So this is Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. So all of the biggest banks in the USA. Now you've always got to laugh when you see this, which the Fed said will not have capital or supervisory consequences. No, of course it won't have any consequences. They're just doing this exercise for fun. There's obviously no ESG mandate or anything behind it that they're trying to disguise. The exercise which had been expected will kick off the Fed's effort to gauge the level and management of risks for banks when it comes to climate change. After European, so for those of you in the EU, regulators already mounted similar efforts. Isn't that a coincidence? This also happened in the EU at the same time. Hmm. The potential effects, namely through rising sea levels, worsening floods and fires, and government policies transitioning away from carbon-heavy industry could destroy trillions of dollars of assets around the globe. But this exercise will be strictly for information gathering purposes. Yeah, but why do you gather information? You always gather information because there's something you're hoping to get from it. The central bank specifically distinguished the upcoming exercise from its annual stress test of bank finances, in which the Fed tests large banks' strength against hypothetical <laughs> recessions. Yeah, I think we know we're already in a recession right now. Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr said earlier this month, the central bank has an important but narrow mandate to police climate risks for banks. Again, they keep talking about this um, important but narrow window. You know, it's all got to be done now, this year, next year. And yet politicians and these sort of people who actually are in charge of these policies are still buying beachfront properties all around the world. Read into that what you may. The Fed will provide climate scenario narratives which banks will use to analyze the impact on their portfolios and business strategies. The Fed will then review those findings with the firms to help them build up their ability to manage climate-related risks. Now, firstly, this is not quite true. And I like it when they use the word narrative in these publications, these press releases, because a narrative is a story and they are telling some excellent stories. There's a video on my channel here that you can look up and it was all about the WEF meeting around climate and energy in the transition. And what we discovered from that, and I clipped out all the little bits that each person was saying, was that the only thing they were focused on was to destroy what they call fossil fuel-based energy and invest and grow renewable. So they basically said they don't want any investment at all, not a single penny 
into these new oil wells and to um, keep existing plants, natural gas plants, coal plants, uh, nuclear. They don't want any money. And if you as an organization or a bank or financial institution, business, etc., even attempt to invest into these things, you will be penalized and your ESG score will be dropped. And we'll come on to that in a minute. So when you think of it like this and you realize that Mark Carney, who's in charge of it, is also in charge of the hedge fund that makes a profit out of all this, you see there's a huge amount of bias. Now, look, I'm not saying there's no such thing as a, the, the climate changing and it's all a big sham. I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you've got to read into this and take off those blinkers and, and, and any sort of bias that the media gives everyone. And look at this independently for yourself. Don't just look at it based on what the media says. And don't just look at it based on what I say or any, anyone else says. Do this research for yourself. And then once you're confident that you've got to the truth, that is your truth. But unfortunately, most people just listen to what the media say and what these organizations say. And what they're not seeing is what they're not saying. So they're not telling them that actually there's a financial incentive behind all of this. Now, I want to show you this article, which I think is quite excellent in terms of very specifically the ESG social score aspect. And it's by this gentleman, Justin Haskins. Um, it's obviously a political kind of blog. So I don't want to get into any of the, the politics because I know people sit on the left and right that watch my channel. So let's just get the politics to the side and just focus, please, on what he's actually writing about here. So what are ESG scores? In an attempt to secure vast amounts of wealth and influence over society, corporations, bankers and investors working closely with key government officials, dangerous, very dangerous indeed, have launched a unified effort to impose environmental, social and government ESG standards on most of the industrialized global economy. According to a report by KPMG, so that's one of the largest accounting firms on the planet, more than 50 countries already have ESG systems in place, including 82% of large companies in the United States. Now, that is really crucial, and I want you to pay careful attention to that because these ESG standards, and again, this is the words of the WEF, are designed to create a great reset of capitalism to move to a more what they call socially equitable system and to revamp all aspects of our society and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. ESG supporters plan to enact these radical changes by using these schemes to alter how businesses and investments are evaluated so that instead of focusing on the quality of goods and services, profits and other traditional economic metrics, companies, including financial institutions, are evaluated largely on their commitment to social justice and environmental causes and then assign scores so that company can be compared, rewarded or potentially punished. Now, I'm going to skip all the ethnicity and race uh, kind of stuff here because I don't want to be accused of getting um, into any of this stuff. But let's look at the next part. This is other metrics, including a company's carbon footprint. So this is what we've been talking about for a long time, carbon scores. And these are already uh, very deeply entrenched now with a lot of investments. Facebook, this was the one that made me laugh, actually. Facebook has been given a relatively low ESG score by some agencies for not censoring enough speech. Now, if that's what they're saying about Facebook, one of the most 
censorship heavy platforms on the planet are not censoring enough, then I really don't know what sa that says about this entire system. So who decides what a good or bad uh, quota is here with all of these metrics? Answer, the banks, corporations, government, and United Nations officials. Hmm, aren't we gonna talk about the United Nations in a moment? The WEF members and financial institutions using and writing the ESG standards. And again, he's mentioned what I said, opening the door to tremendous conflict of interest. And I 100% agree with him on this statement because also when we look at GFANS, again, I covered a video on this, $130 trillion worth of assets are dedicated now to actually implementing this transition away from all the, again, what they call fossil-based energy into 100% green energy. I've talked about this a lot of time, why you can't be 100% green, you definitely need some sort of a, a power plant in the background that can idle and, and just take that base load that is needed. But I think we're still a long way off being even, let's say, 90% or 95% green energy. Not to mention the amount of rare earth materials and all the other materials, the energy required. <laughs> That's the irony. The energy actually required now to bring about a lot of these renewables has been cut off. There, there just isn't that natural gas coming in. There isn't a lot of this other energy that is needed. So I just don't see how this is going to work out over the next two years, which is the plan, 2024. And then the next one is 27. And then after that is 2030, then 2040 and 2050. I just can't see how they're going to get to this 35% reduction by 2024 in terms of methane and, and carbon, unless they really do a, a super, super heavy cull of the, the livestock that we've been talking about as happening in the Netherlands and a lot of the farming, and that's happening right now in the Netherlands. It's happening in other European countries where farmers are being paid by the government to actually sell, uh, well, stop farming. It's called rewilding. You know, so a lot of this is happening, but can I see a 35% cut in the next two years? It's possible, but unlikely. What they would have to do is demand destruction. And I think that's probably the most likely way this would come about. Because if you do demand destruction on the people, so you uh, cut down their reliance on the amount of energy they use at home and in, in businesses, and then you start cutting down the demand destruction by the weakening of your purchasing power, inflation, what is inflation? It's a tax. And then you, uh, on top of this, you make credit harder to get. So rising interest rates, asset prices falling, that way you go into a deflationary cycle and you, there just isn't enough money around, your, your money isn't going as far anyway, and this could potentially start to create demand destruction as well. Now, I'm sure there's other ways that this might happen, but those are just the top two or three ways off the top of my head. Next then, this is the article from the United Nations. Don't raise interest rates, UN warns. I thought that was quite telling that on all these press releases, it uses the same word, UN warns, the Federal Reserve. Why is the United Nations warning a country how they should conduct their monetary policy? 
So it's warning the Federal Reserve and other central banks. Also, the UK is forecast to contract 0.9% in 2023. The UN has called on central banks not to increase interest rates and depart from the monetary policy being pursued by a large number of Western regulators, including the Bank of England. A recession worse than that experience after the global financial crisis could result from monetary regulators tightening policy and hiking interest rates. The Trade and Development Report of 2022 expressed worries that an unduly rapid tightening of monetary policy in advanced economies in combination with inadequate multilateral support could turn a slowdown into a recession. Well, yeah, of course. Why are they only just putting this out now? We've known about this for a long time tightening monetary policy causes asset prices to fall. And it's interesting because I always see the comments, people say, ha ha, Neil, you said asset prices would fall all this year, but just yesterday, the S&P went up 3% and all oh, this stock went up 3% and whatever else. It doesn't really make any difference what it does day to day. Yeah, it went up 3% yesterday on Tuesday. And as I'm recording this on Wednesday, the markets aren't open yet, but I'm pretty sure they'll probably go down by a couple of percent today on Wednesday once the US markets open. You know, th this is just the way it's going. So what if it goes up by three or 4% one day? Because then you see drops, it goes up, it drops. This is just how markets work. Over the long term, so year to date, we have seen the markets coming down quite heavily. And that's quite highly correlated to monetary policy or the perception of what monetary policy is going to do to asset prices, um, tightening cycles, interest rate rises, destroying capital and liquidity. All of these things are going on. So actually, what I said and why I liquidated my positions at the end of 21 has actually been correct. We have seen the markets come down quite heavily this year. So it's irrelevant if they are up 3% one day or 4% up one day. It's really about what's happening over the longer term and, and where the, the market is actually going. And just one last thing then as we close today, because I'm going to get into some of the other articles on another video actually. So one last thing as we close today then, Kwasi Kwarteng, UK Chancellor, I always forget his name, has actually done the U-turn now on the tax break for the wealthy. Now, everyone's talking about this and you know making a big deal over this, this U-turn, which we knew was going to come because it was a bad idea in the first place. But what no one is talking about is, I guess this is the elephant in the room, and I've been waiting and I set alerts to see if this would come up, and that is over the bankers' bonuses. So do you remember that that was another thing that was highly controversial, was these bankers' bonuses, that he's lifting the cap and they can get unlimited bonuses. Now, why is there no mention of, of that anywhere? People are upset about the 45% uh, tax bracket and now the reversal of that. But no one's really even mentioning these bankers' bonuses, which often, and remember the, the sort of problems this caused during 08. Well, we're in a period very similar to 08 right now. So why would you reverse that whilst we're in a similar period where there could be problems? Why would you reverse that 
at this sort of time period. It just doesn't really make sense. So uh, we'll have to watch that and, and see how that one goes. And just on that note then, as we close, just a reminder that I do have a finance course below in the description. Okay, thanks for watching today. Take care, God bless. I will see you all tomorrow.